today on the Italian radio show, Al Pacino live interview and the mob's favorite tropical resort, plus the music of Jimmy Roselli while eating fettuccine Alfredo. All of this and more coming right up on West Coast Italian Radio. Hello, folks, and welcome to West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian radio show. I'm Tony Lastello, one of your hosts, and I have the lovely, the gorgeous, that she's still broadcasting out of her bedroom, no. Marcio Caputo. I will bring you a poster after this, a huge picture, put it right on the radio show so you can be happy, all right? Man, don't, <laughs> Hello, don't everyone. You, don't you ever get out of bed? Oh, no. Mia, you know? Water and food and out of the bathroom. I'm good. That's it. I'm not suffering. <laughs> well, we're, we're broadcasting to you live, folks, here on 1150 KKNWAM in the greater Puget Sound area. Or you can hear us uh, 24-7, both this show, you can stream it live today, or you can hear it uh, uh, in our archives right after the show goes into our archives, along with all the other shows from the last five years, by going to our website at wcir.biz and uh, just clicking the little link there at the top of the page, uh, and it'll take you right to the uh, studio where you can listen to today's show or any of the past broadcasts. If you'd like to be a part of today's show, you can call in uh, to our studio line, which is 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. And Marcy and I both, you know, we have our tradition. Since we're doing this remotely, since I'm sitting down in my studio and she's sitting in her bedroom, you know, You know, we, we normally each have a cocktail. I got my cocktail. I don't know what her excuse is. I know. fail. I know. I failed. Her Today. glass is empty. I think she's been drinking since 10 o'clock this morning, folks. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> no, no. This time I failed. You say I always have my drink, my martini, to make you company. Oh, you, you know, what can you do? You know, I know, and I know, I know. You well. know why? Because my husband's not here. He's the one always make the drink for me. You see this? She's uh-huh. coming She's coming to us right from her bedroom and her husband's not here. Do I need to say more? These oh. Italian girls. These <laughs> Italian girls. What can you do with them? Oh, <laughs> you're getting worse. Mamma mia. I'm, thinking of, I'm just taking a couple of plays under the David Madrid playbook. Thank you. This is not here. <laughs> Let's think something else. <laughs> Come All on. right. Well, talking about something else, we have some great news stories to bring you folks. Um, Il Pezzo d'Italia in the Northwest, a piece of Italy in the Northwest, where we bring you all of the latest news from Italy and also from just different Italian news from all around the world. Some of it's Italian-American, some of it's from other countries where they got Italians. Um, And remember, when you're talking about Italian news, quite frequently, the um, fiction is funnier than the facts. So we're going to let you get right into this, Marcia Caputo, with your first story brought to us from... Italy from Cronaca. No, okay, Cronaca. Cronaca, the Chronicle, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Camisano Vin- Vincentino, okay. Vincentino, yes, it's in the north, it's a little town. So it's a little Chronicle, little newspaper they okay. got up there. This comes, this is as current as April 17th, so it's only That's like right. three days old. So tell us what you got. Right, now I start the chaos, it's so funny. But anyway, this is a bicyclist ride without protection. So receive fine and lawsuit. So that's what's going on now. They're not kidding. Okay, um, so wait, wait, slow down. What happened so this is, guy, this what you're telling me is a, a 65-year-old guy. That I was I didn't even start yeah, it yet. Okay. Yes. On he's, Friday. He's, he's out riding his bike and he's right. getting a fine and a lawsuit. Okay, tell us right. about that. Right. This is one, okay, because honestly, we have a list of people yeah, that yeah. have on that. Anyway, this is one he because he, what he did for resisting arrest and failure to provide identification. He didn't want to give his identification. And because you know what they do now, the police stop you, ask you for the form where you're going. You cannot move neighbor to neighbor. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, you have yeah. to have an excuse why you move in different neighbor. Yeah. All right. So it's kind of like for what, what we do at the restaurant now when we do deliveries, hmm. we actually have a piece of paper that the authorities, you know, 
have given True. us give us permission that we can be out making food deliveries. So I understand. Same thing yeah. in Italy, permission yeah. to go to work or wear over 200 meter where to go. Anyway, and failure to wear appropriate COVID-19 protection equipment. It means he didn't have what? The gloves, the mask, you know, and uh, even his um, um, hand gel, the one to sanitize. He didn't have that. So anyway, in Italy, Carabinieri, the police, has set up checkpoint to inspect all the travelers, identification and authority to move outside of their residence. That's what I explained before. You have gotcha. to make sure you can go far. So my question is this, is this 2020 or 1943? You know, you know what? Yeah, I know because it no. sounds like the Gestapo. It sounds right. like the Nazis, okay? Exactly. I mean, That's what first of all, it's a 65 year old guy, okay? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and they're, they're they're finding him. They're throwing him in jail. First, first of all, he resisted arrest, so you got to give him something, some credit. He must be a pretty feisty old guy, right? He knew um, they were in trouble. Yeah, I guess, exactly. So. Failure to wear the, the the equipment. I mean, I understand where they're going to here, but you, but you know, and we'll talk more about this as we go on. You have to have right. some balance here, that, you know. know. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I know I've been to Italy. I know that the Italians don't like anybody that tell them what to do. What to do. So I can see where a lot of them. They're not going to listen to the governor no matter what, you know, so, and you know. Yeah, a problem. Like I say, North, it's uh, really big to go with a bicycle. North people, they love to go grocery. They do everything with a bicycle. So, like I said, this is one of them. But they, uh, they stopped 118 years old. Now that it was four years old. I have a list. It was a lot of people. With the yeah, yeah. I understand. I've read, I've read about that. There's a lot of people and they're doing mm -hmm. a lot of fines and arresting now. Of course, you right. know, they, they never may collect these, you know. Uh, but then I also understand like, this ties kind of in with your second article that you have today that, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the Italy is still kind of planning. They have their big, big beach, you know, their big beach thing right. that happens throughout the summer, not only with the Italians that all take their vacations, go to the beach. Right with a lot of tourists. And so you got another article kind of on the right. same topic out of Forbes came this out last was, week, you know? This one was from Vicenza uh, News, all yeah, the yeah. down there, because that's the big thing who they're talking about. Right, right. And this was April 16, it was coronavirus. How will be this summer? Will we go to the beach? That's the question, because they're all stressing out about this. And listen right. up, I'll send you the picture. You saw the picture, they're really interesting. I saw the picture, yeah, yeah. So the Italian government has clearly stated that the beach vacation for this summer are still a go. All right. Okay. So, so, so it's the Italians, even though they have like the worst death rate right. in the entire world in their country, I mean, compared to the number of citizens they got, like it's 10% mm -hmm. of the population is dropping dead. Okay. They're still going to open up all the beaches this summer, right? Okay. The government says, but okay. All right. It's a trick. Wait. Is the, here is the department is the health official and politician are examining or of course they're going to talk about it decide a multiple possibility to ensure Italian are able to receive their you know the summer let's make sure yeah, 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 yeah. water relax and go to the beach that's what I tried to talk about it okay one of the more extreme plans calls for the construction of a fiber glass isolation booth you understand I how saw, it is? yeah i saw like that. that so so let me let let me clarify what this means for people okay yeah. so they're taught i've seen the picture of this you can actually go online and you can google this people mm -hmm. that if you're going to go to the beach this summer in italy they're going to give you a fiber a, it's a a, a clear see-through fiberglass booth the basically you put up around wherever you think it's about like six by 10 and you right. just put it all around where you're, that's where you're going to be at the beach. Right. Okay. So you get the sun. I, I don't know how you're going to be able to go to the water. I mean, you I don't know, know how you're going to cook. It's going to be a door in it or something, you know, probably going to take a turn. I, I think so because I can see them on the glass, like the dying yeah. <laughs> after cooking wet. That's very, and, and now they can't get enough. They can't get enough, enough respirators, but they're going to spend millions <laughs> of dollars. Okay, they can't get enough tests, but they're going right. to spend millions of dollars, hey, and that's the Italian way. Okay, okay. can I? Okay, you know, vacation so. is important. Don't take away the vacation for Italian. Anyway, this is going to be all along the Adriatic for now. That's what they're talking about it. And like I say, 
do you want my personal guess? It's kind of, when it's come July, uh, we will no longer be talking about death for coronavirus, but uh, be examining thousands and thousands of Italians who randomly explode well, that kind of ties into the story that I got here. I, I got, I, I found a story talking about, you know, going to the beach, uh -huh. going to tropical, you know, tropical resorts. And I know how much Italians love the beach and they oh, love yeah. going to tropical resorts. Okay. So this was brought to me actually by our friend, Joey DeMarco uh, from uh -huh. Tito's Vodka, because he actually went to this little town. They went, uh, you know, before they had the whole coronavirus thing. The, the end of last year, he and his family went on one of the African safaris. And in the course of traveling there, I guess um, Joey's sister works uh, in, in Kenya. So he was stopped by a seer. They went to this little town called Malinda. Malinda is this beautiful, beautiful resort area. It's right on the east coast of Africa, right? In Kenya, uh -huh. on the east, right on the water, beautiful, bustling town, expansive beaches, and and believe it or not, and he was he was telling me about this. It has a huge Italian population. This whole town is Italian, right there, you know, in Africa on the beach. I know. He, I used to have friends over there. Really? What he didn't tell me, what I researched and found on myself, ah. is the town is so much Italian because it's all the mafia. It's oh, the Mafia's no. beach resort town, basically, okay? Over the years, basically, reports have come in. The Mafia has taken over the entire town. That includes the courts, the lawyers, the local government, anything they, they you know, they, they basically run that town. It's kind of like their own country, okay? Huh. And um, I guess they started going there. The Italians started in 1970. A lot of these guys, of course, were notorious mafia guys. They wanted to get out of Italy because, you know, they're trying to get away from the police there. And, you know, they came down there. They invested their money. There's more than 50 hotels and resorts. Think about that. That's like the size of Las Vegas, maybe bigger, okay? Right. One of the police commissioners who used to work for the mafia down there said that, you know, they're, they run illegal casinos, they run prostitution rings, they got all this stuff going on on the water. But of course, there it's all legal because it's all owned by the mafia. The government's owned by the mafia, right? Wow. Um, and basically, there's many, many notorious mafia figures that supposedly are, you know, are, are living there. They've been living there for years. They are kind of hiding out of that town there. Um, it's, you know, a lot of reports, you know, that basically... Uh, the government uh, it, it, it is so in cahoots with them. Anytime, you know, someone from Interpol or someone goes down to try to find these guys, they're all tipped off. They never find anything. Um, of course, if you're down in that area and there's anybody who goes against the mafia, there's dire circumstances. Um, essentially, anybody can be killed at any time and nobody, you know, oh. pays any attention. Okay. But here's the really. I mean, this is the way people are. And I'm only bringing this story up, not because we have any uh, glorification of the mafia. The mafia are a bunch of criminals and crooks, and, you know, they are not a good representation of Italian-Americans. But, but, you know, we do have as a guest on our show today, Al Pacino. We have mm -hmm. a, we're going to play one of his interviews. Um, and, you know, um, Al Pacino has, you know, really made a... a uh, many Academy Award-winning movies and roles by playing these guys, right? So we figure, well, let's talk about some of it in real life here. Um, interestingly, so, so you think this Melinda would be a place, because it's all mafia, that people would, you know, not want to go to. Forget about it. This place attracts so many people. It has people come from all over the world to try to get a glimpse of these gangsters. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. So that's our next step, right? We're going to go on vacation there. Yeah, we're gonna go and we'll, and we'll do a, a radio show. We'll see if we can interview somebody. All right, folks, we're going to be right back after this short break. Don't don't go away because on the, on the half hour, we got Al Pacino coming up. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas. We're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. We got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what 
my friend Frank Isernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Isernio Sausage. Visit Isernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Yo, David, you look 10 years younger. What happened? Yeah, I just came from Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. She specializes in hair growth. Wow. Yeah, she does this laser treatment stuff that makes your hair grow like crazy based on the same stuff the astronauts use to grow plants in the space station. Mickey's Hair Salon. Yes, on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. That's MickeySpotAndSalon.com for amazing hair growth. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. And we are back here on the West Coast Italian Radio Show. Uh, well, the West Coast Italian Radio Network bringing you the Italian Radio Show. Uh, and we can be heard again um up and down the West Coast. Actually, we have listeners all across the country. Got many listeners down in Florida there on the East Coast. Uh, some of our good Italian friends down there. We got listeners back East. Got listeners in Italy and other parts of the world. Remember, you can hear us 24-7 stream today's show live or any of our past broadcasts at any time by going to our website at wcir.biz. That's West Coast Italian Radio, wcir.biz. And clicking at our link at the top of the page, it'll take you right to the RKKNW studios where you can uh, elect this week's show or a past show to listen to. Okay. Uh, and again, coming up on the half hour here, we're going to have Al Pacino, an interview with him. But first, we want to talk about, you know, Marcy and I go back and forth about Italian food, right? Because, Hi. you know, there are certain food that they don't got in Italy that we do here that's Italian American. Right. Like, for instance, spaghetti and meatballs. They got spaghetti, they got meatballs in Italy, but they don't put them together like no. we do here, okay? Right. And another thing that they don't do in Italy that we do here is fettuccine alfredo, okay? So, again, we're not saying one is better than the other. They're just, you know, kind of like how I describe it, especially to Italians who come over here and are trying to, you know, uh, integrate into our culture. I say, you know, our Italian-American culture is like a cousin. Yeah, we all started the same place, but then as we kept evolving, we evolved differently. We have some similarities, but there's some differences. Okay, mm -hmm. and they're both equally good, equally uh, wonderful. Um, and fettuccine alfredo, if it's made right, is one of those wonderful, delicious dishes yeah. that is comes from the Italian Americans. Mm -hmm. So what I have done here is, um, no, there's a lot of Italian families that have their own version of um, fettuccine alfredo. Uh, my, you know, my, my family has been making this for years, but if you're going to get this around the Northwest area here, my absolute favorite place to eat this is 13 coins. Okay. 13 coins is a, a wonderful 24 hour gourmet restaurant. They used to have uh, several uh, locations around the uh, Puget Sound area. I, I, I'm not sure how many they have currently, but I know they still have the one downtown. At times, our good friend Danny Quintero plays down there. But they have a 24-hour gourmet restaurant. They make, and they have ever since, I mean, I've lived here for many, many years. And over the 40 years that I've, uh, you know, been in in this area, I have to say they probably have the best fettuccino that I ever ate huh. any place. I mean, even better than the, the Italian restaurants. So don't get me wrong. Italian restaurants, great food. Uh, but they they make there's something about their fettuccine that just is outstanding. Okay, um, and it's interestingly to make a good fettuccine Alfredo is not that difficult. Okay, um, you just basically you got your fettuccine noodle. Okay, um, and you know so you start your noodles in a pan like you could your regular pasta with a little right. bit of olive oil in so you know keep it from sticking together. You put a little salt in it to give it some flavor. You want to cook it till it's al dente. Okay? Now, mm -hmm. especially when you make fettuccine alfredo, it's really, really important that you only cook it till it's al dente. 
mm-hmm. because you're going to be taking it off of the heat and you're going to do the the, the the noodles and do the last part of it. You're going to be cooking the last part of it with the sauce in it. Okay. So meanwhile, you really don't do anything other than cook these noodles. You get them to just about where they're almost al dente. You pull them off the heat. Okay. And then you add all the other ingredients into it. You, you basically drain the water, but leave the noodles in the pan. You're going to put in a half a cup of butter. You're going to put in two cups of half and half. You're going to put in four egg yolks, just the yolks, okay? Salt, pepper, a little bit to taste. You're going to put in a half a cup of either Asaggio or Romano cheese that's all grated, okay? And you put a half a cup of grated Parmesan or Parmesan, okay? You put all that in at once after you're done, you know, with these noodles. But remember, you gotta, the noodles are not quite all that. They almost, they're still a little rubbery because then you're going to bring that contraption, you, know, you, you get all these ingredients, you keep stirring it. You got to stir it a lot. If you don't stir it a lot, you're going to stick at the bottom of the pan. So one thing about this, you got to constantly be stirring it. Okay. And then you're going to bring it really till it's just about to a boil. Now, here's the secret of this. I've been making this for 40 years. You do not want to bring this to a boil. If you bring it to a boil, what happens is all the stuff starts separating. You get a lot of grease. Okay. Okay. So you want to get that mixture because what's going to happen is the, the cheese is going to be melting in and mixing with the half and half and the egg yolks and the butter. So it's all going to become this very, very nice, rich sauce that's going to be sticking to your noodles. So okay. just as, I mean, just as you are just starting to bring it to a boil, you want to immediately get it off the heat. You get it out of the pan, get it into your serving dishes. You garnish it a little bit parsley on top and you got to serve it immediately because you, you want to serve it while it's hot. Okay. Right. So you take it right, right from the pan into the big serving dish, throw some parsley on top, take it to your table and you start serving it to your guests right there. Ooh, it sounds really wonderful, good. Wonderful, wonderful dish. So we're going to have, and my, my favorite is I, I, I saute a little chicken on the side. I cut up the chicken breasts into uh, small bite-sized pieces. So I'll saute some chicken on the side. I slice up some zucchini. Oh, I saute that on the side. So then when I'm doing the final mixture, I add in the chicken and the zucchini and I mix it all up. And it's uh, it's one of my very, very favorite dishes of all time. Once this is over, Our family's going to get together. Mm-hmm. We'll drink a lot. We'll eat a lot. And we'll make this as one of our dishes. And that's the sabayon from last week. You know? Oh, you better add it. Keep adding here. <laughs> okay. So now before we get into our uh, the Al Pacino, which is going to be our next segment of the show. Right. Um, you know, because, again, Al Pacino has, has, made, so, has made so many um, – great movies, great award-winning movies. And they're not right. all mafia movies. Like uh, he won actually the Academy Award uh, for The Scent of Woman, uh, The Scent of Women, uh, which if you recall, he played an American retired general. So he had nothing to do with the mafia. And that was, you know, where, but, but, you know, he has really uh, played in, in some great, great films. A lot of them have been mafia films, The Godfather uh, and uh, a different one, uh, Donnie Brasco, different ones like that, you know. So um, I thought it would be interesting to talk about, as our artist of the week, Jimmy Roselli. Have you ever heard of Jimmy Roselli? No. Well, Jimmy Roselli was probably not really big in Italy, but he was really a big-time guy here yeah. in the United States, okay? He was back, like, in the uh, the 50s, 60s, okay? Oh. And whenever you see any of these mafia movies, I don't care if you're watching The Godfather, you're watching Goodfellas, whatever it is, Donnie Brasco, even the episodes of The Sopranos, you're sure someplace in that movie you're going to hear some Jimmy Roselli mu- music in the background. Oh. Because technically speaking, he was considered the mafia's favorite singer, at least the Italian American mafia. Okay, mm-hmm. um, he was, and he, you know, he was right there in those the age of Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, Dean Martin, all those guys. You know, they came up in the '50s, '60s, '70s. Like Frank Sinatra, he he was actually born and he lived five doors down from mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra in Hoboken, New Jersey. Now, Frank was uh, a few years older than him, but basically they came out of the same area. Uh, you know, uh, both of his parents, of course, were, were Italians from Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Roselli was actually a veteran. He served in the, in the uh, U.S. Army, um, and, and, you know, and he was very active there. Uh, he got his first break 
opening for Jimmy Durante. I don't know if you know who Jimmy Durante is, but he was a big comedian, you know, here in, in America and a very, very famous, very beloved guy. And so he got his break, you know, as an opening singer for them. He went on, he did all kinds of uh, remakes. Like he did Male Femme, he did many, mm-hmm. many, uh, uh, in his, literally, the his, the list of his, the movies that his, his, um, his music is in is like the, list of all the mafia movies you can think of in the last 50 years. I mean, they're in every, every one of these places, movies, shows has his music in it. Okay. Uh, interestingly, he claimed he like Sinatra, he claimed he never had done any business with the organized criminals. However, mm-hmm. the mention of Roselli's appeal with the mob in, in the uh, New York San Gennaro festival is, is actually prominent in the uh, actual book by the real life Donnie Brasco um, and in another book in the late 1990s entitled Making the Wise Guys, he is portrayed as being the American mob's favorite singer. Um, he, he died a few years ago, 2011, in Clearwater. I'd like to play you one of my favorite Jimmy Roselli songs, Inamorato. Okay. Hi, I'm Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. When I got into this business, I used to make flavored vodka infusions for my friends as gifts. When I started to make a go of it, the owner of a local liquor store showed me the dust on some flavored vodka bottles that sat on the shelves. He said, if you can make a straight vodka so smooth that you could drink it just by itself, then you'd really have something. So I did. And now all these years later, we still only make one flavor, vodka flavored vodka. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Pacific Food Importers has been distributing Mediterranean food products in the greater Seattle area since 1971. Beginning as an olive import company, PFI has evolved into a well-known wholesale food distributor in the Pacific Northwest, servicing restaurants, grocers, manufacturers, and caterers. Family-owned and operated, PFI stocks a wide variety of cured meats, specialty cheeses from around the world, and a vast range of Mediterranean products. PFI's service area includes the greater Puget Sound region and Portland, Oregon. Situated in North Kent, PFI has a central location allowing for efficient service and delivery, as well as convenient will-call pickups for established customers in Seattle. Pacific Food Importers Incorporated is committed to providing quality products at competitive prices to the food service industry of the Pacific Northwest. Visit PacificFoodImporters.com for more information or to contact us. Hey, David, where are you off to? I'm on my way to Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. Wow. She's the hairdresser of the stars. They all love her. Really? She's fantastic. A full-service spa and salon with all the amenities from cuts and award-winning color to nails, lashes, Botox, even Reiki. So why do you go there? Uh, She's going to make me look like Elvis. Mickey's Hair Salon on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. And we are back on the Italian Radio Show, brought to you by the West Coast Italian Radio Network. I'm so thrilled about our guest today. Um, We're actually going to feature a live interview uh, with Al Pacino, this was this comes um, from ABC TV, courtesy of ABC, uh, and we uh, we appreciate them. Uh, they're one of our, um, of course, fellow broadcasters trying to keep people going here through uh, the um, through this you know difficult, ch- challenging time we have. They did a wonderful interview with Al Pacino, which Jimmy uh, Kimmel has has done, um, available to all, to us to air. It was done very recently, just this year, uh, January 17th. Talks about a lot of his movies and his current event, uh, The Nazi Hunters. Here you go, live with uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Al Pacino. You know, but nowadays, uh, they they have the um, 
the, uh, the, the, uh, the preamble to the Oscars. Yes. A lot of award shows. Mm -hmm. So you get used to a kind of thing, but nothing is like the Oscar, you know. It's the Oscars is the big one. It's the big one. And so yeah. you wonder yeah. about it. And so you get a sense of what's going on and some of the candidates and some of the actors who would be a participate in it. But you're not really, uh, ever really prepared. Like, I didn't really think I was going to get a nomination. Do you feel like it's bad luck to think you're going to get a nomination? Yes. Yes. Have you ever thought, like, oh, I'm going to get nominated for this. I really think I am. And I then, you, then you weren't. Yes. Yes. That has happened to you. And that's disappointing. <laughs> it's disappointment. Yeah. So and you try to avoid that. You try to avoid that. And as far as going to the Oscars, your first Oscars, when was your first Oscar ceremony? Well, I know it was for The Godfather. The first mm -hmm. Godfather won. But I, I was unable to go mm -hmm. for the reasons I can't really remember. What could have been the reason well, for I that? I couldn't go because I was uh, on stage in Boston, but I really should have found a way to go. Yeah. But I made a mistake. Yeah. And I was young and kind of, you know, crazy. Uh -huh. so, but then I did go the next time I got nominated. And that was for what, Serpico? For, I believe it was Serpico. Serpico. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I, I was in uh, Dominican Republic uh, doing uh, a movie. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Godfather 2, actually. We were filming that. Oh, yeah. wow. And it was really uh, a surprise. You know, when you're, when you're in L.A. a lot, you... you you sort of, the preamble to it, you're around. Uh -huh. You know it's in the air about Oscars. And, and so you, you, you get a little, uh, you know, you, you, but when you, it's out of the blue, like if you're in New York in the old days, you, you'd find out you got nominated for an Oscar. It was, you'd think the person was kidding you, you know. Yeah. Especially if you're in another country, another time zone, all oh, of that, that one, stuff. And especially if you're going through a... I was going through a bit of a dark time. Then. Oh, you were? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was a borderline uh, breakdown, borderline make it or not make it. I During was, the I, Godfather 2? Yeah, I wasn't very happy. Well, it's a difficult role, and you have to sort of get into it. I, I was having a little trouble. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did, yeah, when you say make it or not make it, do you mean it from a career standpoint or the no, no, role itself? From the role itself. It's always I the role. You know, and, and, and the and, and trying to get there and stuff, sometimes that can be uh, difficult and trying and, and make you uh, and concern you about certain things. Yeah. You and, definitely got there. Oh, the, yeah. You, <laughs> you got there in a, like in a limousine. <laughs> but I must say, when I heard that I won the Oscar, I uh -huh. didn't win the Oscar. No, oh, God forbid. <laughs> I didn't win. I, I was nominated. Right. And I, I went into the bar, and I got applauded. People started applauding me. I thought, well, that's a first. Yeah. But, but it, it actually, I was, uh, I was, they told me, you're nominated for an Oscar. And it was shocking. But at the, the same time, it did lift my spirits. Oh, so you feel like that getting nominated may have pulled yeah. you out of a funk. Pull, pulled me out of a funk. Yeah. yeah. I, I recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To make a great medication commercial. Yeah. <laughs> and then as far as going to the Oscars, that was what year that you went to the Oscars for the first time? Well, I went uh, for Serpico. For Serpico. Yeah, because I had made it with the, my manager at that time and the, and, and the producer, the great Marty Bregman, uh -huh. who's passed on. And he was very close to me. It was probably one of the main reasons I'm here today, really. Because of him? Because of him, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I should be there. And my great friend and mentor, Charlie Lawton, who's also gone now, but he was in the audience. They were in the audience. I thought I should go there, you know. Yeah. In the remote chance that I would, that I would uh, get an Oscar, I had no belief that I would get it. Uh -huh. To be honest with you, I really didn't. So that was all right. I went anyway, and I sat there. I didn't have a speech, which is... If you really don't think you're going to get the Oscar, you don't write a speech. It's, right. It's, uh, I recommend you do, though. <laughs> <laughs> Except I didn't get it. But it's an interesting time. I, you know, you flash on the, on the past like that, especially in Oscars so substantial. 
uh, an event for an actor. Yeah. So you're, you're there, and and you're you, you know you're you're thinking about it. And I'm sitting there, uh, and it it wasn't at all like you expect. Like tonight, this is not what I expect. <laughs> that that scream there is a little scary. Were you told people you, you did know these people would be here, right? Yeah, I heard okay. people. I said yes. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. The, I'm glad we're out there tonight. I'm all glad. So I went and uh, I um, I sat there in this big event, and I was with uh, a friend, and I had a few things. You know, I I was you know I was not. Completely myself. I see. Okay. So, everything is tolerable. Nerves, calm down, and all. Uh-huh. So I'm sitting there, enjoying the show. I turned to Jeff Bridges. In the strangest way, he was just sitting there because he was also nominated. Uh-huh. And I said, "Hi," because uh, I didn't know him, so I knew he was Jeff Bridges, but I, I never met him. And I said, hi. He said, yes, hi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he hasn't seen my film. <laughs> but I look at him and I said, I don't think they're going to get to the best actor category. So he looked at me and he said, what do you mean? I said, well, it's an hour and it's over. And they didn't get to that category. He gave me a look, to this day, I'll never forget it. Like, where do you come from? Who are you? And, and, and I just looked at him and he said, it's three hours. That collapsed me. Yeah. I thought, oh my. What am I going to do for the next If hour? Jeff Bridges, if you're so high that Jeff Bridges has to tell you what's oh going on. Oh, yeah. No, no. Not yet. I did get high. Yes. Al Pacino is here. His movie is The Irishman. We'll be right back. It's Al Pacino, Ray Romano, and Jesse Clemens in The Irishman. Boy, I love that movie. I, I, it's so great to see you guys together again. Yeah. And that effect that they did where they, they, uh, they made you, like, 40 years younger, was that unusual for you? Was it seemed, I mean, was that weird to look at? 40 years? I think so, right? <laughs> Didn't they? I mean, what, I what did 20. they do? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't weird as, as, as much as it, it, it's, you get used to it, you know, uh, but, but you're filming. And they have a little, what's the guy from Star Wars? R-T- R2-D2. R2-D2. Yeah. And it's a, R2-D2 is always by the camera, always there. Really? So you get to know him, you say hi, <laughs> whatever. And they, they put a lot of dots on you. Uh-huh. And then they shoot. Uh-huh. And uh, you have three cameras, a, a, a computer that has three lenses on it, plus there's another camera. And it's fine after a while. Uh-huh. You, you know, it's funny. You get into the story and the dialogue and the relationship with the other actors, and it—it's uh, you get used to. It. It's so used to high anything, tech, really. I mean, it's so high tech, and yet this is a photo you and uh, Robert De Niro working together, and there is a high difference between the characters. So they—they they spent I don't know millions so on that's CGI, sort of not fair, you know? and like, <laughs> and like eighty dollars on his uh, on his shoes to make him taller. It really, <laughs> it's, it's like a Herman Munster biopic or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I left mine backstage. <laughs> Tell me about Hunters. This is a television oh. show, oh, which yeah. is a, r- a rare occurrence for yeah. you on Amazon. Oh, yeah. About That's... Nazi hunters. Yeah. Uh, David Weil wrote it, and he uh, oh. he was inspired by that idea, and he wrote this, uh, I think, magnificent uh, script. Uh, I know David. I didn't even know yeah. he did that. Wow, he's how about that? He's a sweet guy, isn't he? He's very, he's really very sweet guy. And he's a real artist, and he really is good. And he? nobody hunts Nazis like David. Uh, no, well, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. uh, and we have one more question. Hi, what's your name? Hi, my name's Wynn. Wynn, where are you from? I'm from the Bay Area. Wow, do you have like any, do you have like a lose in the family, or is it just you? Rah, rah. Yes. All right, Wynn. What would you like to ask Al? I'd love to know who is the best kisser you've ever kissed 
from any of the movies or shows you've started? Oh, that is a good question. Wow. It's a very difficult question. Is it? That's a good question. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't kissed Betty. And um, I, I, um, I guess I, I kissed Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. I kissed her. But I have to really think about it. But she's the one that comes to mind because I did two did films you, with her. Did one, you kiss Adam Sandler in that movie? Oh, you guys I wish. Get together. I, wish. <laughs> I love him. He is, he's turning out to be such a great actor. He is a great actor. Yeah. It, uh, it's a gems movie. All right. Well, I think you had the best question when you win. Okay. The great Al Pacino, everyone. The Irishman is on Netflix and in theaters, and Hunters on Amazon Prime, February twenty-first. That I, I gotta tell you, I, I I love Al Pacino. I mean, Al Pacino is one He's of these guys. You know, we we again want to thank Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, he great guy and uh, and ABC for lending us that interview for our show today. Uh, wonderful people, and uh, we uh, are very very um, thankful to them for that. Um, we uh, you know, but Al Pacino, ever since I have been young, has really been one of my uh, role models. I had the great privilege of working with him. As a student actor, when I was very young uh, in New York City, he was one of the uh, the teachers at the actor studio there for a short period of time, and I um, I studied with him for about a six month period in a, in a class, kind of an ensemble class he was doing. Um, but what a guy! I mean, look at all the stuff he and he, and he's really stayed real through all of this, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean. Um, nothing gets Robert De Niro. We've had Robert De Niro on the show. We and, and you know, but you know. Al is very humble, just a very humble guy. Um, he, has, he has very strong convictions about things, but he's humble about it. And he just, uh, his work, I mean, just continues to be successful. God bless him. Uh, Nazi Hunters, that's one that my wife has been watching. Like you, you you started to watch that too. What do you think of this Nazi Hunters thing he's doing? I love it. He's really good. You know him. Acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes like a little bit the accent of Jews person. You know, it's really unique to hear that. And uh, I love it. It's really interesting. You see some history, some things done. And uh it's no bad at all. It's all like in the, in the past. So that's uh, the time. Um, if you look at one episode, you can. Definitely, definitely. I, I, I'm going to do that. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Yo, David, you look 10 years younger. What happened? Yeah, I just came from Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. She specializes in hair growth. Wow. Yeah, she does this laser treatment stuff that makes your hair grow like crazy, based on the same stuff the astronauts use to grow plants in the space station. Mickey's Hair Salon. Yes, on Ruston Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. That's MickeySpotAndSalon.com for amazing hair growth. There's a reason they invented the Internet. It's called 1150KKNW.com. And we are back with the Italian radio show. Um, our version of Parla Pupiano. Yeah, kind of, our, whole, our whole show kind of was a little bit about, you know, the the mafia, the Godfather, and you know, and not to be offensive, certainly uh, because um, that by no way um, represents Italians or Italian Americans. But you know, because of the fact we had Al Pacino on and all of the uh, all of the movies he's made, like The Godfather, Donnie Brasco, and many many others, 
uh, you know, we figured we'd have a little fun with that theme today uh, and uh, and tell some different stories and play some different stuff there. So now we have some Italian phrases that my lovely co-host here has put together for us, right? Right. Well, I stay in the theme about what they're going to do this summer in Italy. They're going to build the isolation booth. Oh, yeah, the isolation. Oh. Isol- yeah, that's really going to work. You know, I'm sorry. You can't keep Italians in their house. Should you keep them in a little booth on the beach? Forget about it. It was supposed to, it was, for me, it was too funny. I say it's too Very funny. funny. It came out all those things in my head. It's too stupid, though. I'm not sure, but I'm thinking about it. But anyway, I say, you know what? I'm going to do Italian English phrases today talking about question what it could happen if you're in this glass booth. So this, these are phrases if you're on the beach. With uh-huh. this new plan that the Italians have for the summer, where you're going to get these silicone, clear silicone cubicles, and you're yeah. going to when you you're going to run your cubicle and you go out to your spot on the beach, set them all around you. All right, here. so let so you do the first phrase in all Italian, right. and I'll do it in English. Of course. Scusatemi, mia moglie è esplosa. Avete un sacchetto di plastica? Excuse me, my wife exploded. Do you have a Ziploc bag? <laughs> <laughs> I just almost think a, a lot of guys could have some fun with that one, you know. Right. I know. Wait, right. wait. And the next one. Tuo figlio sta nutito sul vetro della mia cabina di isolamento. Your son sneezed on the wall of my isolation booth and it's messing up my tan. Oh, now, I, didn't, I didn't add that. I translated until isolamento, but I didn't say um, okay, the, about the tan. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right, it's all right. The All next right. one thing about you, every time the way you talk. <laughs> so, I like it. All right. All right. What is it? What is it? Ciao, piccola. Il mio forno microonde da spiaggia o il tuo? Hey, hey, baby. My beach microwave or yours? <laughs> that's, that's all. I know. These, so they're going to have, basically, you're going to have the, these four silicone clear walls. I, you're going to be laying the beach. It's going to be like having a magnifying glass. Like, yeah. I, you know, are you kidding me? That I think could be, Eddie, think about it. In Italy, it's over 100 degree. Stay in this plastic cube. I can see people sweating. Like, I think, first of all, it will, the virus will go really easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At worst. But second one, you're going to have like a sauna in there. You know what I mean? And like I say, I don't know what's going to happen. They're going to take turns to go in the water. You know, think in the north when you go to the beach, the beach is packed with Italian. You have no space. So that's true. That's I true. don't know. That's I don't know what's gonna happen. Well, you know, uh, since we're talking about the summertime, um, mm-hmm. we have different events that you know have been scheduled for the summer. Of course, all the events, still there. all the Italian clubs, all of the Sons of Italy, right? All all of everybody's event. Italian or not Italian has all been canceled. Everything's canceled now. Right. Um, there's no, you know, gatherings whatsoever allowed of any size. Right. We don't know how it's all going to work out. I mean, you know, um, you hear rumors of the country opening up as early as the first of May, as late as you know mm-hmm. next Christmas. So, right. I, I don't know what to tell anybody on any of these things, and I'm hesitant to really even to get into some of these events. Uh, until, you know, we have a better idea mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know, uh, we're just kind of wasting people's time talking about stuff that we don't even know what's going to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But I know we have a lot of wonderful events that typically starting like in June right through mm-hmm. September. I mean, including the whole month of uh, right. September, which is all the Italian festivals, picnic, you know? the yeah. festival. Yeah, like you say, it's true. Why talk about it now that we are not sure? It's just a waste of time. The only things we can say now, just stay safe. Don't do something stupid. If you meet up, like I've been at a birthday party for my daughter yesterday. Yeah, and yeah. we did it like uh, on the trunk with a car. Park right. all around yeah. the parking lot. Everybody is six feet far away and uh, with a mask on too. And we're singing happy birthday. Uh, that's what my yeah. wife did too. My wife went to a, a party uh, with some of the people whom she knows. Mm-hmm. My wife, of course, is in the medical field. Um, right. And so what they did is they met out in the parking lot after everybody got off their shifts at the hospital. Mm-hmm. They met the the parking lot. They were all in their own cars. Right. Six, six feet away from each other. That's right. Everybody brought their own cocktail and lawn chair. <laughs> 
And they sat there basically, you know, mm -hmm. socially distanced talking. And, you know, so people are, I mean, trying to do what they can do. I, I got to tell you, a couple of the most mm. endearing things. So, you know, that I uh, deliver food uh, at Model Chinos, you know, uh, I, I've sung at Model Chino. I've been their, their uh, featured uh, entertainer for 11 years, uh, typically doing um, Italian and Italian-American music for, you know, four nights a week. And it's been a really, really nice engagement. I have thousands and thousands of fans who come out and a great, great establishment of people to work with, Rick Reese and all the crew out there. So, you know, when this all hit us, we had to figure what we're going to do. So we came up, and we've talked about this before, uh, Italian food delivered with a song, okay? And what's been fun about this for me, of course, is now I get to go all to all my friends and fans, all the fans that have been coming for years and years and years to see me, I get to go out to their house, I bring them out, their food, set it on their front porch, and I basically stand back in their front yard and sing them their favorite Italian aria, Sinatra song, whatever it is. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it's been very rewarding because the people appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. They're they're so tired of being shut in, and you know they just are are dying to have some some you know social. good yeah something social. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, but I wanted to share with you where this was all going. The thing that really was the most endearing to me. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had an order. This lady's it was this lady's 70th birthday, okay? Huh? And they live kind of like, like you've been to my house. They live at the end of a street and a cul-de-sac, right? Where they have four or five other houses mm -hmm. here. So all of the the, the, the the guy bought it for his wife's birthday. He bought like a couple hundred dollars of Italian food. I brought it. We set it all up on a table in the middle of the street. And he, uh -huh. he had a bunch of wine he set on that table. He had all the paper plates and cups and glass and everything, okay? All of his friends and neighbors, they had their own chairs, their own lawn chairs and their own driveways. Right. They all took turns. They came and got their food. They took mm -hmm. it back there. We celebrated the lady's birthday, sang 15, 20 minutes of Italian songs for her, let everybody sing happy birthday. It was, you know, it was very endearing to me to see how people are still, you know, making this a community, you know? Okay. Right. So we need to say goodbye to you folks now, but thank you so much for listening to us. We'll be back next week with a brand new show here on West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian Radio Show. God bless you all. Take care of yourself. Stay well and healthy. E andrà tutto bene. Ciao. Ciao bene.